the more you focus on your true health journey from again that emotional physical mental spiritual standpoint the more you build connection with yourself the more you fill the void you feel better your health improves you gain the body confidence and then what is the bonus of that is as your body feels safe enough she will let go without any effort Welcome, my love, to the Strong Babe Collective podcast. If you are ready to step into your power, call in your biggest desires, and manifest the life that you are so worthy of, then, babe, you are in the right place. I know you're listening to this podcast in divine timing, and I am so excited to give you the mindset shifts, the inspired action steps, and the support into total alignment that you need to step into your highest self and manifest your biggest desires. It's time, my love, to call in the freedom, the impact, and the abundance that you know you're here for and I am so excited to be your high vibe bestie every step of the way as you call it all in. Oh my gosh, my love, can we just take a quick second to talk about that intro? (laughs) I don't know about you, but I am literally dancing in my seat. That song raises my vibes so, so, so much, and I really hope that it has done the same for you. I'm honestly so excited to be sharing this whole new vibe with you here on the Strong Babe Collective podcast, and if you've been here and you've been along for the journey for a while, you will know that is a very different vibe to what we've had in the past, and honestly, I'm just so excited to be sharing this massive up level with you. If you didn't catch the announcement over on Instagram earlier this week, and it's at Strong Babe Collective, if we're not already connected over there, come and connect with me, gal. (laughs) If you missed that announcement, then my love, you are obviously hearing this for the first time, and that is that Strong Babe Collective has had an up level, which I'm sure that you can feel into that just by listening to this brand new intro, and it has been across the board. We've had new branding. Strong Babe Collective has got a whole new vibe. The colors are different. The fonts are different. Literally. Really, everything is different and I'm so excited to share this with you because honestly it is just such a natural progression for me with where Strong Babe Collective is going. It has been the most incredible 12 months, the most beautiful journey with Strong Babe Collective and I just felt so called and so pulled towards doing something a little bit different and really shaking it up and changing the whole vibe and the whole branding of Strong Babe Collective in order to reflect what it has evolved into and the feedback that I've gotten from you gorgeous babes has been absolutely incredible. So many of you have reached out to tell me that you just feel so aligned with it, that it is a hundred percent the whole vibe of Strong Babe Collective, that it's so reflective of me and that it honestly just encompasses everything that Strong Babe Collective is. And it truly means the world to me that so many of you have reached out and told me that. And I just, oh, I just want to take a quick sec to tell you that I love you and I appreciate you so much. And if you missed the announcement, obviously you would have seen it was a little bit different with the podcast artwork. Everything is looking a little bit different and I'm honestly just in love with it. I feel so aligned with the whole vibe of the brand. And obviously this brand new intro, this brand new song that I don't know about you, but it just makes me feel amazing. And I'm so excited to be stepping into this whole new power with you babes by my side as we literally embark on a whole new chapter and new exciting phase of Strong Babe Collective. 
Now, if this is the first time that we are connecting and you've literally never heard an episode before, this is episode one for you and you're like, yep, don't know who you are, but cool song, (laughs) then hello, my love, and welcome. My name is Taylor Ray, and I am your host. I'm your high vibe bestie, and I'm literally here to just help you to step into your power and manifest all that you are so, so worthy of. It is honestly so important to me to give you, babes, the steps, the tools, the rituals, the processes, everything that you need in order to call in everything that I know is waiting for you. And I am so massive about blending the woo with the work and the action with the alignment and giving you babes the steps and the strategies in conjunction with the energy shifts and the mindset shifts that you need in order to manifest everything that you so desire. I'm the founder of Strong Babe Collective, the host of the Strong Babe Collective podcast, a digital course creator, an online mentor, and a mindset and manifestation coach. But I just want you to think of me as your high vibe bestie. And I want you to know that I am literally here for you every step of the way through your manifestation journey. And with that, I actually have such an exciting announcement. Yes, I have more than just the announcement of the new podcast intro, the new vibe, and the new branding. I also have a really exciting announcement to let you babes know. And that is that I have just launched my soul alignment sessions. Oh my gosh. Can we just take a beat? Honestly, I have been asked so much about whether or not I do something like this. So many of you babes have reached out to me asking me if there is a way that you could work with me that wasn't in a group coaching setting. And that also wasn't like a long-term two or three month private mentorship. Basically, you guys have asked me whether or not there was a way that you could work with me in a one-on-one setting for just like a one-off session. And I am literally so excited to tell you that the answer is now yes. I have been waiting to share this with you babes and honestly it just makes my heart so happy to be able to bring it to you in a way that I know is honestly just going to change everything for you. These one-on-one sessions honestly have the power to shift everything and the whole point of it is that it is all about you. I honestly just wanted to open up a way that you can work with me without committing to like a long-term sort of thing where you're able to actually just work with me one-on-one for a one-off session and you can just ask me all of the questions that you have around whatever it is that you are manifesting. So whether you have questions around how to actually start calling in aligned soulmate clients and how to move towards the five figure months in your business, or maybe you've got questions around how to shift your money mindset. And at the moment you just seem to be so stuck in scarcity and you can't seem to even call in the abundance flow that you know that you're so worthy of and that you know that you're here for, but you just can't seem to figure out how to do it yet. And you want to start to make those shifts internally in order to allow that money to flow to you. Maybe you want to know the exact steps that you need to take within your business in order to start showing up and shining your light the way that you know that it is so, so needed. Or maybe you want to talk to me about how to actually get that clarity in your life around what it is that you're here for, how to actually figure out your soul purpose and what it is that you are here to do so that you can step into it fully and authentically as the highest version of you. No matter what it is that you are working towards, I want you to know that I have got you. And if you have been absolutely loving the podcast and it's helped you to make some massive shifts in your life and your business, then this is honestly the perfect next step for you. This is the exact step that you need to take in order to get that guidance and to be able to work with someone that has actually been exactly where you are and has taken the exact aligned steps that you need to take to step into the freedom, the impact and the abundance that you know you are destined for. So on Honestly, I'm so excited to announce this to you, babes, and to open up the doors for you to be able to come and work with me one-on-one for a 45-minute session where
where I will literally answer any questions that you have and will give you the aligned steps that you need to take and help you to make the internal shifts that you need to actually make in order to step into that next level version of you. Spots are going to be quite limited because obviously I've only got so many hours (laughs) and I have to make sure that I'm respecting those energetic boundaries for myself, which is something that I talk to you babes about all the time. So I am keeping the sessions really, really limited for these soul alignment sessions. And like I said, so many of you have already reached out and asked me if this is something that I do. So I know that these sessions are going to fill up very, very quickly. So if you do feel called to work with me in this one-on-one sort of environment where you can ask me anything and we can up level together, then I would love for you to go and check it out. The link for you is strongbabe.co forward slash soul dash session, but I will also pop the link to that one in the show notes for you below. Okay, my love, let's get into this episode. And I am honestly so excited for everything you are about to listen to. I feel very honored to welcome the beautiful Amber Romaniak to the Strong Babe Collective podcast. She is an emotional eating, digestive and hormone expert who helps professional women to achieve optimal health through mindful eating, self-care and overcoming self-sabotage with food. This is honestly such a powerful episode as we explore all of the avenues of what it actually means to love yourself as you are in order to manifest the wellness that you desire on a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual level. Amber opens up a lot on this episode and shares how she overcame her own emotional eating condition after gaining and losing more than a thousand pounds collectively over her lifetime. She also shares how she spent over $50,000 on binge foods and spent five years balancing her hormones and her digestion as a result. Honestly, there's so much waiting for you inside of this episode, and I feel incredibly honored to share it with you. And I know you are going to get so much out of it. And with that, I am so excited to welcome the beautiful Amber Romaniak to the Strong Babe Collective podcast. Beautiful Amber, I'm so excited to have you on the Strong Babe Collective podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Like, it's truly a pleasure. I'm just already feeling like such high vibes from being here. So thank you for having me on the show. Oh, honestly, it's our pleasure. And just from having a little chat to you prior to hitting the old record button, I just know we're going to get into so much and I feel like we are so aligned. We're even wearing yes. almost the same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> By accident, we both got some wild leopard print going on today. So yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all lining up beautifully. So yes. honestly, Han, I'm so excited to have you on the show and I'd love for you to sort of just tell our audience a little bit about who you are, sort of give us a bit of a backstory and how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah. So it's been quite the journey. Um, so my specialty is emotional eating, digestive and hormone imbalances. That's where my expertise lies. Um, I also have a background in holistic nutrition, but essentially um, what happened is, you know, all growing up, I had a very emotional relationship with food. I just didn't know it. I thought it was normal to just kind of like snack and eat all the treats and sweets and whatever you want all the time. And, and, you know, struggled with body image growing up. Um, when I was about five, the first kind of profound moment for me was I went on the bus for the first time and the older boys called me fat and ugly. And I believed them. And I really took that to heart and it made me feel very insecure um, because I just thought I was an awesome person. And, uh, I just had had like my confidence completely crumpled that day. And so I kind of grew up, um, going into my teens and my early twenties, just feeling that way. Um, and then I decided at one point that, oh, I really want to like have the perfect body. And then 
everything will just be perfect, right? Like I'll be happy and life will just be perfect. And so um, I went through a period of like quite deep restriction um, because I had also assumed that, you know, okay, if I restrict and I, you know, exercise like two hours a day, like it's going to happen really fast and then I'll be like really fit and everyone's going to like give me attention. And um, whilst I did that, it was very hard to maintain and then I started to notice how um, almost like arrogant I got and how much I had a fear of then losing control with my body and with food because I was restricting so many things. Um, and then I started to pick my body apart more. So I'd be like, oh, okay, so I hit this goal. So now like maybe I should try to lose five more pounds and like maybe I should try to like see if I can get rid of that little whatever it is, right? And I just became so picky. Um, and then I ended up going to a barbecue and I was like, no, only having salad, only having salad. And there was an ice cream cake and there was like all these indulgent things and I wanted them so badly, but I was like, nope. And then my friend's like, would you want a little piece of ice cream cake? And I was like, oh, I'll just have a little piece. And that just like, I swear I had that. And it's like a switch flipped. And the next thing you know, I'm like grabbed like the chocolate bars that were for like making s'mores up by the fire. And I'm like sitting in the bathroom, like binging, eating all the chocolate bars. And that was like my first, like, binge that I remember that was just like so unexpected. And from there, then I had gained about, you know, 60 pounds in about three months and just was in this full blown food addiction, just trying to fill this void that I had no idea what it was. I didn't know how to love myself. I was very frustrated, wanted to isolate because I was so ashamed of how much weight I had gained and that I had no control over food. And it just takes over your life. Like I didn't want to spend time with friends. I didn't want to date. I really isolated and, um, just wanted to hide at home and watch movies and numb myself with food. And that happened pretty seriously for about a year. Um, and then I'm like, what am I doing? Like my health is failing me. I don't feel well. I'm gaining all this weight. I'm insecure. I'm hurting my body. I don't know why I'm doing this or how to get out of it, but I just know that this isn't meant to be my life. So people always ask me, what was your low point? And for me, it was digging through the garbage after a binge to like eat the rest of the food. And I just like, put it down and like lay it on my bathroom floor in pain, just like crying and like scared. Like I'm going to slowly kill myself if I keep doing this. Um, and so that, but that was a aha moment for me because I was like, I need to figure this out. Like I have no clue what this is going to look like. I'm scared as hell, but like I need to deal with this and figure out what's going on. And, and that was about nine years ago that like that just this kind of aha happened. And so I just started to, figure out and understand food and why I was triggered to go to food and that I didn't love myself and why and how do I fill the void without food and how do I build self-acceptance and self-love and it was like every learning and every piece of information and every step of the way helped me build this wholeness with myself um and so uh it was about seven eight years ago that I really was able to overcome the binge eating and build the self-love and really build self-acceptance with my body and then came the part of healing the hormones, healing the digestion. It took me five years to heal my hormones, five years to heal my digestion. And I think that, you know, we have to tweak things here and there, but um, it's like when people hear me say I had cortisol stress levels that were five times higher than they should have been. I've gone through the estrogen dominance. I've had the underactive thyroid, right? My digestion was so bad. I literally didn't matter what I ate. I just would get bloated. So like my symptoms were very profound from a physical level, from all the emotional punishment that I put myself through. Um, so it was through 
the physical balancing and then like building the self-love and bringing that all together that really inspired me to go how many other women people men and women but like how many women are struggling whether it's as severe as me worse than me like mildly with body image weight right because the problem was the fight like I kept thinking a diet was going to fix everything that a quick fix eating cell was going to fix everything that I just need to keep working out and the irony of it was when I had stopped binge eating, but that my hormones were a nightmare and that I was gaining all this weight, even though I was eating well, but there's just so much stress in my body that I had to really choose to surrender to honor my body. So, um, it was going through that experience that inspired me to specialize in emotional eating, digestion and hormones and the body image piece and start my business. And that's where Amber Approved was born almost six years ago. And I've been, you know, coaching women all over the world who are struggling with these things. Um, and, and it just, it's so profound to think of a stat that like 90 to 95% of the female population, especially in North America has struggled with some form of body image issue and disordered eating through their life. That's a profound stat, let alone like the rest of the world. Um, so I just think that it's, it's so valuable to, um, that I went through what I did. I don't regret a moment of it because obviously I, I, now I'm understanding why it all happened. So yeah, that's, that's kind of long story short. (laughs) Amazing. And thank you for diving into so many elements. And I really want to circle back to so much of it because there were points in there, like, I just felt like I was on your journey with you and I was just like, oh my gosh, like wanting to dive into so much, so much of it. And I feel like for those listening, they're really going to feel you on different elements of that, that maybe relate to their journey along the way. Cause there is so much that you've been through. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask first was how old were you? So I know that you said, you know, when you were really young and like the boys on the bus and they were kind of like picking on you and saying that you were fat, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like for a lot of us, a lot of the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves they're actually fed to us from an external source at some point and then we make them our truth and then we affirm them to ourselves over and over again until suddenly we can't remember what you know our truth really is and what it means to love ourselves and to find ourselves so i kind of want to go back to that and to sort of talk about that journey and you know how old you were when you started to really focus on okay well now i have to and you know obviously i've had a look at been over all of your different things and all the places that you share and everything like that. And I know that you said that you had this big focus on, you know, being thin or being a certain weight and like really restricting yourselves, yourself in all areas. How old were you roughly when that sort of started for you? Yeah. So I'd say it was probably about eight or nine. Like that's when I started dieting and restricting for the first time. Um, because it's right. It's so true because you see these other girls around you who are thinner, getting more attention from the boys and you want to be like them. They're the popular girls. So everyone wants to be popular and be wanted and all of that. Right. And then, you know, you get into your preteens and your teens and I'm reading cosmopolitan. I'm reading all these magazines and all the pictures are perfect. And like they're in their bathing suits and they're perfect. So I like specifically remember I think it was like 10 or 11 pulling out a picture of this girl in a bikini and putting it on the treadmill to like motivate me. And I just was like, okay, well I need to do this until I look like that. Not knowing, right. Like not knowing about the Photoshopping and that like a lot of things are altered. That is not necessarily the way she looks and, or you don't know what kind of restriction or dieting, or maybe that is just her body type. And like, that's her natural shape. Like, cause some people are very petite and that's their natural shape. And that's totally okay because I'm not for shaming people who are thin or have that more like model-esque build or whatever you want to call it. But at the same token, I think when you're young and you're a female, you're just so vulnerable and you're so, um, 
it's so easy to be pulled into like the media and the celebrity and the magazines and like everything that you see that is external because it's what's famous. It's what makes a lot of money. It's what's popular. And unless you're taught and can like given that healthy conditioning of like, what is self-love? How do you build self-worth, which maybe some parents pass on, but like, I didn't get that. I didn't know that. Um, and it's not my parents' fault, but if you don't learn that at a young age, like then, yeah, like you said, you take it on and you affirm it to yourself and you, you start to believe that you are your limiting beliefs. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That resonates so much, like even what you were saying um, about, you know, being at school and like the popular girls and they are, you know, all like the skinny and like the pretty girls and like the very, you know, typical what it would be to be popular. And same thing, like I feel you so much on the whole Cosmo thing and looking at girls and that. like I was 100% like that myself and it took a very long time to come into being comfortable in my own skin. And I feel like it is something that happens, you know, over time as you start to truly accept yourself and start to truly love yourself. But I know for a lot of people, you know, even later in age in their twenties, thirties, sometimes forties going on further, that self-acceptance isn't necessarily even there yet. Like they're still with those, with those things that they've struggled with from such a young age. And, you know, for people who are going through that, you know, I'd love to know how you started to make that transition. You know, obviously there's a big journey in the middle and we'll come back to all of that, but what sparked it in you to to realize like, it's, it's not about that. It's not about the external factors. Like there's so much more to that and realizing the importance of loving yourself for all that you are. Do you feel like that is, so important to getting the results and to, you know, getting where it is that you want to get with your health and your lifestyle and your fitness and your wellness. Would you say like learning to accept yourself first as you are and finding that self-love first is actually the critical thing that a lot of people are missing? A hundred percent. Because this is the thing is you, you're actually, I believe you're fighting with your body and even at war with your body. If you, if you can't learn to accept what is, and that's not to say it won't change, but I really believe that when you're in negative self-talk, you're sabotaging and hurting your body with like overeating or binging or restriction and starvation. You're doing all these extreme eating cells. You're over-exercising. This all comes from fear and fear of losing control, um, right? Because you feel that need to look a certain way. And that at some point, if you do it for long enough, it starts to impact your hormonal health. It starts to create more inflammation in the body. It starts to produce more digestive issues. It lowers your immune system. Like my clients, some of them have had to shut their businesses down because it's literally like pushed them to the brink of like serious issues with their health. Um, So there's just this like emotional and physical fight that's happening. And obviously for those who are spiritually connected, like it completely suppresses your intuition and your ability to really like connect with yourself. Um, And so I think it's so important to build that self-acceptance because you stop the fight. And I think that that's so healing. And when you stop fighting, you stop looking for all of these things outside of yourself to fulfill you because none of it ever will. Like, I don't believe any form of external diet or exercise or clothing size, you know, is going to fulfill that void. And so I've had my oldest client was 75 when I worked with her and she was still struggling with that. Oh my God. And she was open to the process though. And she built the self-love and she overcame the emotional eating. She fully balanced her hormones and her health. And she let go of the protection. I, I refer to weight as protection because I really feel like when your inner little girl does not feel safe, she wants to hide behind protection and she's going to hang on to or put on as much as she needs to, to feel safe. And so I think it's to understand why 
we're hanging on to protection and not from just like, oh, are, are you eating enough or eating too much? But like what emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually is making you not feel safe that you have to hide behind it. Mm. And so I, to I, me, it is about going inside. Yes. Right? Honestly, yeah. I feel like I could cry thinking about that 75-year-old woman, like the fact that she had gone through her. And like, honestly, like yeah. you know, I'm 27 and, you know, you look at like old women and you're like, yeah, you're going shit together. Like, you know, it's yeah, if you yeah. cry about that sort of thing anymore. <laughs> like, But to think mm. that she's gone through her whole life mm. with that sort of relationship with herself yeah. and took 75 years. And also mm. props to that lady for coming to you for help. Like that's, yeah. I think it's just really, to me, that's just profound that she's come to you and um and wanted to seek that help out so late in life and how incredible and so worth celebrating that like she finally made that shift but what what a thing to go through for so long because I think for a lot of us we think yeah it's something that you know young girls teenagers maybe early 20s you deal with and then you know for some people it does carry on longer but if it doesn't carry on for you into your 20s and 30s you kind of think like everyone gets over it once they sort of move through you know being a teenager but no, like a lot of people are dealing with it for mm. a really long time. Like as you've just highlighted, what I would love to know is, you know, obviously with you, you know, work through like emotional eating and digestive and hormones and everything like that. How do you foster you know, a connection, I guess, for your clients between having a weight loss goal and wanting something to shift within them, but doing that from a place that is like in a healthy mindset, because I think a lot of the time it can be a bit confusing to be like, you know, love yourself as you are and yeah. try and lose weight. Like how do you, how do you yeah. do that? So I actually um, guide and support my clients to take the focus off of weight loss. So that's something that I, I tell them like, get rid of your scale. Like let's not focus on weight loss. We're not, no calorie counting, no diets, no quick fixes. I want you to learn how to build awareness to learn how to listen to your body. I want you to learn how to um, check in with yourself, understand what's triggering you to go to food, what foods are giving you bloating, right? Like, and so it's completely taken off of that. And essentially what I say to them is the more you focus on your true health journey from, again, that emotional, physical, mental, spiritual standpoint the more you build connection with yourself, the more you fill the void, you feel better, your health improves, you gain the body confidence. And then what is the bonus of that is as your body feels safe enough, she will let go without any effort. And so that's the focus that we take because if you're focusing on weight and sometimes I have to come back and have multiple conversations because if they go back to focusing on the weight, then they sabotage themselves, right? And so there's that pattern. Um, but that changes everything because now it's a bonus. It's not expected. There's no pressure. And when it happens, they're like shocked because they can't believe how easily it happened because they weren't putting all the emphasis and focus and pressure on it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Honestly, I've mentioned this in the past. I have talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Um, and basically, you know, when you're manifesting anything, like if you hold onto something too tightly and it's like that is where your sense of success or your sense of self-worth is, basically mm-hmm. you're coming from a space of, you know, negative energy basically when you when you start. And so you're mm-hmm. already creating that resistance around the thing that you say that you want because you're looking at it from this place of like, I'm not enough until I'm there. And yeah. that that honestly sounds like exactly what you've, you've just outlined, which I love how you put that so much. Like when you focus on the other things, like I love how you said, like she will 
let go. Like she, like just to refer to your body in that way is just beautiful, I think. And oh, I just think that there's so much to take out of this. Like, I feel like you just, there's some really lovely shifts. And I think that it's really important for those listening that um, I know that they'll be hearing it for a reason. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, What are some of the things that you would say are better to be focusing on then? So what are some of the things that they should be shifting their focus to rather than the number on the scales? Yeah. And I think this is where we have to go inside because it's the mindsets and the limiting beliefs and the negative emotions that we're feeling about ourselves that are fueling this need or this want to have control with the scale and the weight. So um, I think two or three of the most important things are, first off, we have to deal with the emotional eating. As long as you're struggling with emotional eating, there's this vicious cycle of sabotage going on. So it's to understand your triggers, what triggers you to go to food. Um, Is it that you're tired? Is it that you're bored? Is it that you've had a negative interaction with somebody else? But dealing with the emotional eating is truly the first piece for those who are struggling with that. It's very rare that I meet someone that is not. Um, And then what is below that is usually overwhelm and an overbooked schedule. People are not taking the time to take care of themselves. And this usually comes from mindsets, pattern patterns and behaviors of things like people pleasing, perfectionism, overachieving, needing to prove your worth, finding um, or getting your validation from other people, right? Seeking approval from others. And that fuels people like packing their schedule so full, giving to other people that they're not taking any time to take care of themselves. Then they're overwhelmed, they're stressed, they're tired, they don't feel well. And they're like, well, screw it. I just want to eat that. That's going to make me feel good temporarily, right? So then the food becomes a numbing or a, a way to cope because they're not taking the time to honor themselves. So I think shifting the schedule and learning how to like, you know, take time to do self care, to connect with yourself, to eat your food mindfully, to hydrate your body, to get enough sleep. Like that is so important Um, because otherwise your schedule then fuels the emotional eating even more. And then you feel crummy because you're emotionally eating and you're gaining weight. You don't feel well. And then you're wanting to almost like distract yourself and overbook yourself even more because you don't want to feel anything. And so Mm -hmm. I think, I think the third thing is giving yourself permission to feel your emotions and that it's okay to feel whether it's like really happy, great emotions or really like scary, more vulnerable emotions like fear or sadness. Um, People eat to numb emotions. That's I used to do it. I was scared to feel certain emotions. I thought the world would end if I if I felt. So I think it's so important for us to start to feel our emotions. And I know it, it's uncomfortable to do that, but again, if it's going to give you your health and it's going to give you a beautiful connection with yourself, it's so worth spending some time getting out of your comfort zone, um, being vulnerable, and experiencing like a filling that void and feeling fulfilled within yourself. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. And honestly, like, as, like, as you said, like as a result, it, it becomes not so much about the weight loss. Like that almost becomes a byproduct because ultimately your whole life is improving once you yeah. address those things. And then of course you lose the weight, like you said, because you've got that better relationship with yourself. Um, when you said, you know, pretty, I, I just want to clear up. So would you say that like everyone that has a, and I, this might be wrong, but that has a weight loss um, sorry, a weight issue or they're wanting to lose weight, they have that emotional eating thing going on? Or is that just some, like, I just want to clear up, is it like mm. the mo- emotional eating and schedules like always, or is it like one or the yeah. other, or is it sometimes like something else entirely? That's a great question. So I'd say like 99.9% of the women who come to me, it's all of those things. And then of course, because they put so much stress on their body, they've got multiple hormone imbalances, they've got multiple digestive symptoms, they're fatigued, they have cravings, their blood sugars out of whack. There may be other like 
health struggles that they have because of everything else that's going on. So 99.9% of the time, um, they're struggling with their weight because they're the emotional eating and, and they're not taking the time to take care of themselves. They're maybe the odd person who is not struggling with emotional eating. So then we have to look more at, again, stress levels, physical symptoms like hormones, um, and then and the digestive piece, because let's face it, if there's certain hormone imbalances or certain um, digestive imbalances, that can make the body want to hang on to protection as well. But what I still normally see with those, those people is that there is a disconnect with self-love. They don't like their body because they're gaining weight. So they, they reject themselves because they've gained weight. And so for me, there's still that opportunity to support them with building the self-love and the connection um, because you shouldn't only love yourself or like yourself when you're a certain weight. Right. So um, I think that's what I see with, with those who are not struggling with emotional eating, but it's very rare that they don't have that. Yeah. Can you give us a picture of what, like just to define it, what emotional eating actually is, what it looks like. Sure. And so I think there's a couple spectrums of this. So there's some people who say they're bored or they're sad or they're happy or, um, they're really stressed out. So they'll grab like maybe they eat half of a chocolate bar every day and and they use that to cope. And then you have people who are quite, um, I'd say like more severe or more like um, they're eating larger amounts. So maybe they're eating like a chocolate bar and um, you know, a half a bag of chips. And then you get to the point where the, it's the binge eating, which is like, to me, it's like you're eating multiple items really quickly. So me as an example, I would eat like, a whole bag of chips and like a pint of ice cream and a chocolate bar and like three or four cookies and like multiple items. Um, and I would binge through as much as I could before I was just like literally so physically full, I couldn't eat anymore. And I just felt so awful. And so to me, when we're at that point, um, and if you feel like you, you can't stop the urge to do it, like over and over every day or a few times a week. Then to me, it's like binge eating. And then you're into the full blown food addiction where like I was driving to the store because my cravings were so bad and I wanted it so bad. Right. And that's where, again, I spent about $50,000 on binge food in five years, like going to the store, right. Buying all my favorite foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd even be trying to think of excuses to come up with if I had was rung through by the same cashier. Cause I'd be coming and buying the exact same group of things. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I'm having a party or, Oh, I'm going mountain climbing tomorrow. So like, I need to like carb load or whatever. Right. Cause oh. I'm like thinking like, does she realize I was just here yesterday buying this exact same, like big bag of food. Right. And you're just like ashamed inside. Um, so I think there's like that, there's that like light emotional eating and then there's the, you know, pretty consistent. And then we get into the binging and that just feels that full blown food addiction where you have no control. You don't know how to stop. Um, you're trying to use diets to control the, the food consumption, but once you're triggered, you fall way back in. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the spectrum that I see. Yeah. Um, and it's so good to clear that up so that people can sort of see what the different ends of it are for someone that say once in a blue moon would binge eat like that and just go ballistic. Like say they went and got like all their favorite foods, their boyfriend yeah. and they're sitting on the couch, like having a <laughs> game of Thrones binge session or something. Yeah. Like that. Is that something that's a behavior that you would say to be like aware of, or is that just kind of like, Oh, whatever. I think it's good to be aware of it. I think at the end of the day though, we're human, um, so there may be that occasion or that evening with friends or with your significant other or a, a holiday where you're going, you know what, there's a lot of really great things here. I'm going to 
honor my body and take care of my body by like making sure I hydrate. Maybe I take a digestive enzyme. I'm going to eat this really slowly and enjoy it. Um, but you know what, maybe today I'm going to have a bit more where the fine line of the unhealthy relationship with food comes in is for those people who, um, struggle is they may try to do that. And then they feel extreme shame, guilt, they get really hard on themselves. They fear that now they've gained weight. So now they need to compensate by restriction or over-exercising. Then that's when we know that the, that is a much deeper issue. Um, and then I think the other part too is we're all going to have indulgence. You're, again, we're human, um, but it's about trying to bring a mindfulness to it. So um, if you're going to eat to the point where you feel sick, right, it's kind of like, is that mind, are you mindfully treating your body with love? right? Versus if you go, you know what, we're going to get a few of our favorite things. I'm going to have a little bit of all of it, but I don't need to eat to the point of excess where I'm like physically feeling ill. Yeah. Right. So I think it's to bring in the mindfulness, have that fun night, enjoy it. But if you feel like it's going to like trigger full blown binge eating, or you feel like you're going to just be so angry and frustrated with yourself afterward, you may want to question if you work through some of that so that you can have that enjoyable time and not have it trigger something else. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that that just gives like such a great definition to it because ultimately like it's not about the food, it's about the relationship that you have with yourself. Yes. And if, you know, you're going and you're doing that sort of thing, it's fine if you're doing it and it's like enjoyable to you. Like you said, you're not doing it to excess. You're just having a fun time and, and you're mindful like before and after as well. So like that behavior yes. does carry on for ages after. Um, it's not like an all the time kind of thing, but mm. also you're not coming out of it feeling really down on yourself and really beating yourself up and having a lot of guilt and like the negative, you know, emotions and energy that gets associated with that. Um, and I think that, yeah, just, that is, it's good to sort of have that sort of perspective on it to sort of just say like, it is okay, but like just making sure that you're aware kind of where you are with that. And so that you can be honest with yourself about your relationship with yourself and then how that gets projected onto food. Um, And what I love what you said is about like the mindfulness behind eating, because it's something that gets missed a lot in all aspects of life, not just food, not just eating, but like that presence in the, in the present moment, like in the now. And a lot of the time, so many of us are so busy racing off and living our future lives in our heads before they've even happened. A lot of, you know, emphasis on playing out scenarios, what we think is going to happen or replaying scenarios as what's happened in the past or in the future when ultimately all we ever have is the present moment, but it does get forgotten a lot. And I think that, I don't know, you can speak to this, but would you say that that's a lot of the issue with, you know, emotional eating um, and, you know, not, you know, that relationship with yourself, not necessarily being present in the moment when you are in that state of consuming food? A hundred percent, because I think what ends up happening is um, a lot of people get caught up in, oh, I wish I was the way I was six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. So they're so tightly clinging onto the past and dragging that along with them. And then they're going, oh, well, you know, I have that trip in six months, so I'm going to use that as a motivator. And I'm, I'm, I know that I'll be good to go by then and I'll be happy. And like, um, but then what ends up happening is you're so in regret of wishing you were where you were, were in the past and like putting the pressure on to be this thing in the future, that it starts to get overwhelming. You start to get really emotionally upset. And then you don't even realize that you're like knee deep into that ice cream or like deep into that bag of chips. Um, I feel like one of the reasons that I used to, to binge was because I'd get so overwhelmed and so ungrounded that it, at the time it felt like a way to like bring me back into myself. But obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, but I do agree. I think that the more present we become, 
you have your power in your present moment. So when I'm helping my clients identify their triggers and help them to catch themselves in the moment and break the pattern, um, the more present they are, the easier it is for them to recognize and then go and do some form of mindful self-care or journal or question and, and go through like reflect why they're triggered and why they want to go to food. But if they're overwhelmed and there's like so much going on, it's just like that old programming. It's so easy to just go to food mm. because it's what, you know, it's what's familiar. It's again, that self-sabotage and it's just easy. It's like, Oh, yeah. it's just, I just want to eat the chocolate. I just want to eat that. It's just so easy. I just yeah. need it. Right. So yeah. And I, I feel like with that too, you know, when you, when you are so consumed by it and you're thinking about it all the time and I want to eat this and that's where I find comfort and I'm numbing a lot of feelings and I'm not allowing myself to feel the way that I ultimately need to feel yeah. when they obviously, you know, start to take those steps and start to bring that mindfulness in, do you feel like that it, it opens up a lot of space, I guess, and more of a shift like energetically to make room for things like journaling and being present and practices that potentially open up more of a spirituality practice in their lives yes. that then serves them even more and doesn't just help with the emotional eating and the physical side of things, but also on a, you know, a spiritual, a mental and emotional kind of journey. A hundred percent it does. And the beautiful thing, and I think where there's kind of the um, double-edged sword is so many people fear embracing the gift that is the intuition. And so that's one of the reasons why they shove it down with food. And I even know when I started to feel, I was like, this is scary. I need, I don't want to feel it. <laughs> right. So that's one of the reasons in the beginning, but, um, no, I think that the more present you become and the more mindfulness you bring into your self care and the more you start to explore your feelings, you build beautiful connection with yourself, mm-hmm. you feel better emotionally and physically you build this respect with your body, which is, I think is just so important to build respect and love for yourself. And then again, because you have a deeper level of awareness, you're catching and shifting and that's making you feel confident. And then you're embracing and you're starting to tune into this powerful part of you, which is your intuition. And you're going, wow, like this feels good. Now this is my comfort zone. This feels safe rather than the sabotage and all of those old things that used to feel safe and comfortable. So it's like a switch flips. Yeah. And then it becomes familiar to honor yourself and familiar to, to respect and, and take care of yourself and, and navigate any kind of stressors or things that show up in life from this more grounded and empowered space. Um, and so regardless of it, of what it is that comes upon your path, you don't, you don't stop loving yourself. Yeah. You, you're there for yourself. It's like you're your biggest cheerleader and you're like, no matter what happens, I've, we've got this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's, just like a completely different space to be in because you're no longer a victim. Mm -hmm. You've taken responsibility for yourself. And I think that that's one of the most empowering things that the human race can do is to stop playing victim and blaming everyone else and start taking responsibility and owning their journeys because it changes your life. And then that impacts other people. Mm. Oh my gosh. Oh, hitting all the things. It's so good. <laughs> Honestly, I, everything you're saying, I just resonate with so much. It's incredible to me because I actually was, I went on my Instagram story last night because I had all of my client calls yesterday and, you know, I'm working with girls that have, you know, different things going on, whether it's like business things that they're working towards or money goals that they're manifesting, all those sorts of things. But out of, I think it was like 70% of the phone calls that I had yesterday, 
ended up, it all went back to self-love. Like the underlying issue as to why mm. they were struggling with calling in, you know, the things that they were manifesting, yeah. we would work through and we'd keep uncovering and keep uncovering. And it would come back to some element of not accepting themselves, not loving themselves enough, not thinking that ultimately they were worthy of it because they didn't see themselves as being worthy of it because of some story that they fed themselves yeah. for so long. And to me, it's just in divine timing that we are having this interview, not even 24 hours later um, <laughs> you know and that I then get to share your your aspect of this and your take on it with a wider audience here on the podcast because honestly like I just know that it needs to be spoken about more and like you said you know it feeds into everything else when you do start to come into that true alignment with yourself and you start to find that safety and that that grounding in who you are as you are wholly without thinking that yeah. you need to be anything else and then that then feeds into so many other elements and you know, it links right back to what you were talking about at the beginning where you were saying that, um, you know, you have clients coming to you and ultimately like it's a weight loss thing or it's an emotional eating or some sort of digestive thing, but their businesses had gone under because of it or other elements yeah. of their lives were falling apart as a result of this thing that they couldn't move through. But obviously, you know, you get to work with women every single day, helping them to move through that. And then you see the other side of it where then their life flourishes yes. as a result. Yes. Exactly. And something I just would love to add in that's so profound because I love what you're saying about like the manifestation piece is, you know, I, I really believe that the health and well-being of our ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, it really dictates what we're going to be able to manifest because if we're always in a negative headspace, negative emotions, negative vibration, will you manifest more of, of those low vibration experiences into your life versus when you're taking care of yourself and you're feeling good and you're confident, you're just like, yes, I feel unstoppable. It's far easier to manifest what you want, whether that's like business, abundance, relationship, like positive people into your life. So I, I, it's so connected. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if people are struggling with the level of their success and I, like you said, like, look at the self-love piece Look at the way that you're honoring and taking care of yourself because there's probably something there that is blocking. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Honestly, I, I would really love to, you know, I know that you said when you started to allow yourself to feel, it was a little bit scary. And I'd love to sort of touch on that a little bit for those that are hearing this and are like, okay, like I'm ready to maybe do this, but it seems a little bit scary and I don't know what I'm in for. Like, can you shed some light as to what that starts to look like and how they can start to move through those feelings to open themselves up to honestly everything that's waiting for them on the other side of facing that fear? Yeah. So I think the first thing is to know that everything you need is within you, right? You don't go to the store and buy the bottle of self-love. You don't go and get the bottle of courage. Like it's all there within you. So everyone has the courage first, like whether or not you believe you have it, you do. So it, it's about taking, I believe, small steps. So don't feel like you have to go to the extreme and like scare the crap out of yourself and make yourself feel so vulnerable and so uncomfortable that now it's like you have had such a bad experience and you just, you don't want to do it ever again. Right? Like, don't do that. No. <laughs> um, and if you're working with anyone who's going to make you do that, eh, you may, you may want to you know, go with something else. But um, <laughs> I think it's just kind of like, you, it's like you get your toes in the water and then you put your feet in. Um, and so it's like, you know, sit for a couple of minutes and just let yourself feel fear or feel, you know, sadness or feel really happy if you're scared for that and just see how it feels. And then maybe take a moment and pull out a journal and, and write down the experience you had. Did you want to hide? Did you have the urge to go and eat? Did you want to check out and watch TV? 
Or did you now have this huge relief come over you that, wow, the world is not ending if I feel this, right? Because that was the biggest thing for me is I'm like feeling it, looking around like, okay, okay, I'm still here. Everything's still here. Like nothing is wrong. And so the more I saw that, the less uncomfortable it became. And the more it was like, oh, this is safe. This is okay. I can do this. And then you start to build the courage and the confidence that you can do it, that it is safe to feel And then you do start to feel really good in connecting with yourself because when you build that awareness, even just having a little bit, then you can go, you know what, I'm feeling this, Um, you know what, and now I know that taking a bath or writing in my journal or, you know, doing a meditation, it really helps me to move through this, right? Mm -hmm. Versus when you're going to those old coping strategies, you don't necessarily know what mindful activities or, you know, action steps are really going to help you to first like identify what you're feeling, feel it for a little while. Don't just suppress it, feel it for a little while and then use those mindful activities to help you move through. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And some scenarios are going to be easier than others, but it's also giving yourself permission to just feel what you're feeling and not judge it as bad or wrong. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that those are beautiful steps. And I think it's true for so many things, like giving yourself that permission to feel it. Like, honestly, I feel like for a lot of us and probably that's where originally a lot of it stemmed was not wanting to feel it. So then burying it by eating and all of those sorts of things. Whereas, you know, when you can then give yourself permission to feel it and then to be like, that's okay. I don't always have to be, you know, up on a high at all times. Like I'm yes, and it's all right. You know, giving yourself that permission and then moving through it and taking the time to reflect on it. And then finding that, that new sense of safety and groundedness in practices that actually serve you, you know, like you mentioned, like journaling or meditating. And for those that have listened for a while, know that I'm massive on those, like journaling for me is everything. Um, and I've used it to move through a lot of different things. And I think that it would be the exact same thing for this is then finding those practices that really do serve you so that you can keep moving through and keep up leveling and, you know, then, you know, keep moving and ascending to the next level of you and then calling in more of what you want and life just gets to be this big, beautiful thing. But it's all about taking those first steps at the beginning and it's always going to feel scary. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. something that is important to highlight no matter what, like anything that's outside of your comfort zone always feels scary, but the best Mm -hmm. version of you is on the other side of it. And remember, you know, yes, I think, and that's so profound because people fear failure and people feel fear like, Oh, who will I be if I overcome this? And what is life going to look like? Um, and it is just to go, it's safe to fail. You're human. Like let yourself have whatever experience you're meant to have. Because like you said, the beautiful loving version of you is, is waiting on the other side. Mm. It truly is. Yeah. Do you see fear of success as being something that sometimes stops people? So basically, oh, yes. you know, their identity is so ingrained in who they are mm-hmm. that if they're like, oh my gosh, if I start to shift and I start to enjoy my life and love myself again, and I do lose the weight and I have a better relationship with food, who will I even be? Like, will people even yes. handle me? Do you feel like that's something that you see stops people from then even taking those first steps? A hundred percent. Um, fear of being healthy, fear of being free of their symptoms, fear of self-love, having success. It is because their, their ego, their self-sabotaging mindset has convinced them so deeply that this is the way it's going to be. This is the norm. This is okay. Accept this. The suffering is good, right? Mm. That they can't even imagine what it would feel like 
to not have food be such of a big, big part of your identity. And I think the other part of that is you do really revolve your whole life around food. Mm. And a lot of people think they're going to be restricted, which is not the case. Mm. Um, but then I think, well, who will I be without food if I'm not using this as my coping tool or my crutch? Or it's, it almost turns into a friend or that it feels that way. Um, so that's where, you know, when you spend time overcoming that and you start to recognize like all these really wonderful things about yourself and you can again do that through journaling and, and complimenting and affirmations. And you start to go, Oh, I am like, there's so much more to my life and to my relationship with myself than food. I can still enjoy food, right? Like I still love food and enjoy it. It's just that I don't use it to punish myself anymore. So yeah. you don't have to restrict, you don't have to say goodbye to certain things that you feel like you're never going to be able to have again. That's a diet mentality. That's not building a healthy relationship with food. So I think when people can recognize that this is not about restriction and cutting out a bunch of stuff, this is about building more mindfulness so you can enjoy those things in moderate amounts and not use it as a coping tool, it changes everything. And then they're not as afraid for the success anymore, right? Mm, so yeah. I think yeah. that really changes things when they see that all of a sudden it's like, oh, farewell, banana bread. I guess I can't eat you ever again, right? Like <laughs> it's not part of the picture, or at least I don't think it should be. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think what you highlighted there was perfect, that it's not about a diet mindset. It's not about a restrictive yeah. mindset. It's not about thinking that, you know, some certain things are, are forever or no. It's just mm-hmm. a bit, honestly about coming from a place of like loving yourself enough to be like, does this serve me, this behavior? And can I potentially do things a little bit differently that looks after me and allows me to enjoy my life and allows me to love myself the way I deserve to be loved? Exactly. The best of all the worlds. Yeah. Just merging everything that's good. (laughs) Such a good way to look at it. I'd love to touch quickly um, on your hormonal journey because obviously that's like a whole other thing, but basically what that's been like, because I know that you said you spent five years trying to heal that side of things. So what did that look like when you came out of, you know, that relationship with, you know, binge eating and emotional eating and all those sorts of things? And Um, I know that over your journey as well, you know, accumulatively over time, you lost a thousand pounds. Um, I'd love for you to chat about that and how that basically affected your hormones and then what you had to do from there in order to get back. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. So um, (laughs) all of the stress from like the emotional fight I was having with myself and all the like binge eating and dieting, of course, like had a profound impact on my weight and my hormones. Um, so every other month it's like I was up and down 30, 40, 50 pounds, um, pretty much. So obviously that's very hard on the body in itself. And then I'm like exercising like crazy to try and make up for the binges. And of course that produces a lot of stress hormones. So essentially for me, the first thing that happened was my cortisol, which is your stress hormone. It it was about 15 or 1600. And and I like to see people's between three and 400. So it was like extremely high. That's probably the highest reading I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the more cortisol you produce, the more stressed and fatigued and exhausted and inflamed your body becomes. And then if you don't resolve that in a, you know, healthy amount of time, the adrenal glands, which produce your cortisol, they start to get tired mm-hmm. and then they start to pull other valuable hormones to convert into cortisol. So next thing that usually goes is progesterone for females. And then your period starts to disappear and you start to have irregular cycles. And then when your progesterone goes down, your estrogen goes up. And so then here I am with extremely low progesterone, estrogen dominance. Um, and then I'm gaining weight like crazy because it's very difficult to sustain a healthy metabolism when you have that picture. And then you throw in the underactive thyroid yeah. and you have just this like perfect storm of 
struggles with energy and brain fog and memory and, you know, weight gain struggles and puffiness in your digestion just feels sensitive because your, your body's just in 24 seven fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Um, so obviously my liver was not happy because I was losing and gaining all this weight and your liver has to try and filter through all those toxins. Um, and all the inflammation that my body experienced. So I just essentially created this perfect storm of hormone imbalances. So for me, it was really about stopping trying to fight my body to lose the weight. Um, I quit exercising for a while because it was just something that was adding way too much stress onto my body. And when I did that, and when I really rested in it, and really built this really wonderful um, self-care routine, which was like the meditation, the breathing, the tapping, the journaling, the connecting with myself. That's all of a sudden when I really felt this self-love connection and when my hormones all started to balance. And I balanced them, you know, obviously it took time, but once I really surrendered to that, like, you need to go to the gym and you need to like do this and that drill sergeant, once I really surrendered to that and was like, nope, I really don't think that that's serving me right now, maybe down the road, but right now it's not. It changed everything because that was one limiting belief that I was still hanging on to that I needed to let go of. And as I did that, everything shifted. And it like, as my hormones regulated, it just like fell off. Like I had, I didn't have to do anything to see the protection come off, which again, to me is just more proof that if the body doesn't feel safe, she's going to hang on, create an internal physical, emotional, safe self will just come off yeah yeah Uh, and it it honestly just goes to show like how intertwined everything is like obviously you talked about a lot of physical aspects like your liver and you know your cortisol levels and all those sorts of things and that is always happening at all times like your body's functioning on its own like you don't sit there and think about like okay liver hope you're doing your job but it is always happening however the impact that you know, emotionally and mentally and, you know, everything that's going on inside of your mind, how Mm. that actually has an impact on that is huge. Like, Mm. and I think it it just highlights again, the importance of coming from that aspect of self-love and looking Mm. after yourself internally and how that has an external impact as well is huge. And I, what I love is that you touched on the fact that like one of the things that made the biggest impact for you was doing the self-love practices, like the journaling and, you know, the meditating and the breathing and the tapping all those things, which I think is so important that people hear that because a lot of the time we are just very conditioned to be like, go to the gym, like get yourself there. And then a lot of the guilt association comes with it. If we don't go, we don't want to go, you know, and then it's kind of like, you know, you're just, you're, you know, extending the cycle essentially. Whereas like, you're like, okay, there's got to be something else. What actually feels good to me. And that brings us back all the way around to listening to your intuition. (laughs) <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. It does. And the more we can build that connection, then you feel into, well, does today feel like a good workout day? Mm, nope. Today just feels like a good day to go out for a walk. Or mm-hmm. you know what? Today feels like a great day to like do something a little bit more, right? Like when you learn how to listen to your body and your intuition, yeah. it guides you with what feels best for you and also what doesn't. And when yeah. you honor that, it only grows the connection you have with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then you end up manifesting exactly what you want so much faster because it feels good. Yes. You're energetically at a higher vibration. You call yes. it in easier. It becomes yes. a far easier, more beautiful, more flowing process, which is everything that we all want. So yeah, yeah I'm so thrilled that you shared that. That is 
incredible. So, so good. Um, honestly, like I would just love for you, if there's, if there's anything you feel like you want to share that I haven't asked you, I would love for you to share that. If there's like one piece of advice that you could kind of leave our listeners with is like to, in order to bring that self-love in, in order to find that worthiness in who they are as themselves, to find that confidence and to begin that journey of just accepting themselves wholly. What is it that you would love to say? Yeah. I think it's that it's not, that certain people are lucky and certain people look a certain way or, or have success or have a certain body. Um, luck has nothing to do with it. It's, it's if you are willing and open to muster up your courage to own and take responsibility to, to go on a journey that is completely different than anything you've probably ever done before, but to know that it is life changing and no one I've ever helped has ever said, Oh, I regret doing that. They just say, I wish I would have done it sooner. So it's to know that every single person listening, everyone across this earth, I believe is worthy to have their healing, to build self-love, to build a healthy relationship with themselves and food and, and to create whatever success they want in their lives. It's just, you know, are you willing to lovingly get out of your own way so that you can build that? I think that's the key is to know everyone's worthy to have it. I love that. That is honestly such a beautiful way to end this. And thank you so much. I have enjoyed My this. Pleasure so much it's been incredible I know that those listening will have gotten so much out of it and honestly it is just such a beautiful perspective to share because there's a lot of different perspectives when it comes to health and fitness and weight loss and things like that but I just honestly love the light that you are sharing on everything when it comes to obviously the emotional eating side of things digestion the hormones but obviously the self-love side of things and the internal shifts and how to start loving yourself as you are and to begin that beautiful journey so thank you so much for sharing that with our strong babes today it's been amazing my pleasure. And thank you for creating this space for me to share. It's oh. you're doing amazing things. And I am very grateful that the universe brought us together. Thank you, darling. Me too. hundred percent. And honestly, um, I know that there's going to be so many girls out there who are going to want to reach out and to connect with you further. So I'd love for you to let us know where they can find you, the best places mm -hmm. to reach you if they want to continue the conversation and learn more. Yeah. So, um, anyone can check out my website at amberapprove.ca. I've got a really great emotional eating quiz and video series there, um, as well. Um, of course they can contact me there. You can follow me on Instagram, which is my name at Amber Romaniak as well. You can check out my podcast, which is called the no sugar coding podcast, which I essentially share about all sorts of different aspects of body image and emotional eating and health and weight and, um, the different things that we talked about today. Amazing. Amazing. And I'm sure the girls are going to go and <laughs> head straight <laughs> on over and check all of that out. So thank you so much again. It has been an absolute pleasure. I've loved having you and well, yeah, honestly, you. just appreciate it all. So thank you, hun. My pleasure. And thank you again. I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Truly, my love, I so hope that you have enjoyed this podcast episode and that you have been able to get something out of it. It honestly means the world to be able to connect with you in this way. And if you have enjoyed the episode, I would love to hear about it. You can take a quick screenshot of this episode right now and let us know that you enjoyed the episode. Just share it in your Instagram stories and make sure that you tag me at Strong Babe Collective so that I see it, so that it can connect with you and so that I can send a little bit of high vibe love your way. 
If you really enjoyed the episode and you would love to let us know, it would also mean the world if you could take the time to go and leave a review over on iTunes. Honestly, I read every single one of these reviews and it truly means the world to hear how the podcast is helping you to make shifts in your life. It also means a lot because every single review that you babes take the time to leave puts out a beautiful energy to call in so many other gorgeous strong babes who need to hear these messages. So thank you so much in advance if you take the time to go and do this. I hope you have enjoyed this, my love. I have appreciated spending this time with you and I'm already looking forward to talking to you in the next episode. Sending so much love and the highest vibes your way and I will talk to you soon. Bye.